And there was a prophecy that said none of his bones would be broken. So usually they break the legs to hurry up the death of somebody, right? So Jesus died on the cross, and then a, a, a soldier took a spear and pushed it into his heart and back out to see if he was dead, right? To see if he would perk up or anything. And then, and then John says, what flowed out? Do you remember? Water and blood mixed together, right? So most people have just said, oh yeah, well it just shows he was dead because the heart ruptured and the area around the heart has fluid and so it's clear that that's what... It's interesting that John, who has these verses about living water in chapter 4 and chapter 7 and pursues these themes, John is our big light and darkness, good and evil, big spiritual themes writer. So it's interesting that he said, he's the only one that says blood and water flowed from Jesus and I believe what he was saying to us is when Jesus was glorified, now the doors are open. The gates are open for this water to flow. Jesus goes to heaven, sends the Holy Spirit, and now the living water, we all have access to it. Wow. Now, I want you to remember this. There are a lot of crazy religious groups that pray to the Holy Spirit only, and they're not particularly Christ-centered. And there are a lot of Christian groups that just overemphasize the Holy Spirit in some crazy ways. It really does happen, right? But I want you to remember this one thing. Here's one really, really great test. You will never find the Holy Spirit apart from Jesus. He flows from Jesus. Jesus said in his last words to his disciples, you find this in John 14 and 15, he said, unless I go, the, the counselor can't come. And he calls him another counselor or another advocate. In other words, just like I have been with you, he will be with you. So if you say, man, I wish Jesus was with me, he is. The Holy Spirit is the same thing as Jesus walking with you. In fact, Jesus said it's better that he's here. He said, you guys are going to do greater things than I've done. And we say, really? Greater thing? Like, you did a lot. What he means is that the power of the Holy Spirit lives in us and in all of us, and that together we're going to accomplish a lot more on this planet for his mission than he could walking around. Fascinating. Now, here's another lesson. First, you're not going to find the Holy Spirit apart from Jesus. Second, the Holy Spirit is not out there to be found. You, you can go out and search around and go to this, you know, this place or that place or try to do all this stuff, and, and Jesus is saying, no, the Holy Spirit comes from within you. So for those of you who are following Jesus with your life, the Holy Spirit lives in you. So the challenge is not, I got to go get him and bring him in. No, he's in there. You got to just go like, so what's wrong? Right? If I don't feel like he's in there, then what am I doing? Right? Am I clogging the pipes? Am I messing everything up? Am I in his way? Do I even believe he's there? Do I doubt? Am I afraid? A lot of us grew up in churches where we were terrified of the Holy Spirit. And when any, anybody said Holy Ghost, we think of like, you know, like bad, scary movies, right? That's not him. Jesus said another counselor just, is Jesus scary? He was scary to the religious leaders, right? But think about that. The Holy Spirit is not a scary ghost. It's the power and the presence of God in our lives from the middle of us coming out. So the challenge is not going to find the Holy Spirit, but it's saying like, Lord, would your Holy Spirit have his way in me? Would you push out from the middle? Will you push out everything that hinders all the stuff 
Would you make, make me alive in you? Right? Now, 2,000 years ago, this woman went to the well outside of town. Today, people in other cultures go to a well outside of town. How many of you do that? Really? So wait, let me, let me get this straight. You have plumbing in your house? Like in your apartment, in your con- you have plumbing, right? Isn't that incredible? You no longer have to go outside to the well. This is a picture that Jesus is giving us. In the Old Testament, the children of Israel had to go to the temple. They had to go to Jerusalem. They went on pilgrimages. They went to offer sacrifices. The Holy Spirit came and went in the lives of the prophets, in the life of the nation. There were times when he was completely quiet. There were times when they would say, where are you, God? There's, there's no, there is no voice of God. For 400 years, there was nothing, right? Jesus is saying, no, the plumbing is connected. Just like your house has plumbing, I want you all to just picture this. The Lord has plumbed your life. His Holy Spirit flows inside. You do not have to go out to find him. He is plumbed inside. We just have to make sure that the plumbing works. We just have to make sure that we are not afraid to say, Jesus, would you make this plumbing work? Would you help my life to work for your glory? Because, man, I feel like something's blocking it. Does that make sense, everybody? Some of us have dirty pipes. I know I've gone through lots of seasons in my life where I'm like, Lord, what's wrong? And he's like, duh, right? Look, I'm like, oh, you're right. Sometimes our lives are just so clogged around the outside, like arteries in your body that can't flow the blood because of all the junk we've eaten, right? And our lives are like that and and our plumbing is like that, that it gets gummed up. Our lives are supposed to be pipes where the Holy Spirit flows through them to touch our world. But what if that pipe, nothing can get through it? What if we have allowed so much stuff to distract us and so much sin to tie us down and cramp us down that he cannot flow? Some of you need to hear that. Just pray and just say, like, Lord, show me what it is. What is it in me that you want to clear out, that you want to clean out, that you want me to ditch, that you want me to get rid of so that you can flow right through? Amen. Make it so, Lord. God is powerful, and he is present in this generation. This is not like 3,000 years ago, 2,500 years ago, when people were saying, where is God? He is here. He is in your lives. He is in my life. I do not have to beg for him to speak and say, God, where are you? He's here, and he's powerful, and he's present, and he's close, and he's inside And yet, I feel like I don't pursue him enough. And he's made it easy. I feel like this thing is plumbed to my house, this perfect well flowing with living water, this spring bubbles up in my life like right now, and yet I don't wake up every morning so excited like I got to get some of that water. (laughs) Right? I go to the coffee maker. That's crazy, right? Unless the coffee maker is on the way to living water, right? But, and it's interesting that to me that our community stays dry because I, I feel like we stay dry. And I feel like the people in our community are like, I wish I had some, some spiritual life. 
I want spiritual food. I want water. I want, I'm thirsty for God. I don't know how to get that. I'm clueless. I'm hopeless. I'm hurting. I'm lost. Can you help me? And yet, if we're dry, we got nothing. So our community is dry. Our friends are dry. Our families are dry. Because we're not going to the source of living water and saying, yes, Lord, please. Please more. Like Tozer said, we are not pressing in. We are spiritually wimpy and weak and distracted and a little bit crazy. And the Lord is saying, no more. It is time to step in. I don't even like, it's not time to step up. That's like, there's like two categories of Christians. There's like the normal ones, and then there's like, ooh, there's us. So we have the Holy Spirit now. No, it's more like he wants us to step into him more. He wants us to press in, to lean in. Remember that picture of Bella? She's wanting to spend time with me. We need to be spending time with him and saying, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. If our community is hungry and thirsty, where else will they go but to you? If you're dry, what other option do they have? They're going to go to some cult, some other religious group, some other crazy teaching, because obviously the Jesus people don't have it. It's just wrong. It's just sad. Um, how many of you have your alarm still set for 9.37? So it keeps going off. It keeps bugging me when it first goes off, and I'm like, what is that? And then I remember. But a couple of weeks ago, we read, um, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Matthew 9.37. And then it says, Jesus says, ask the Lord to send out harvest workers. So we have been asking the Lord to send out harvest workers. So if that hits you right now and you're not part of this, just set an alarm on your watch or your your smartphone, 937, or your dumb phone, 937, pray for workers to go into the harvest, AM or PM, whatever. And that just means that we are praying for our community that Jesus would change our community dramatically that he would send us, and that we'd be the beginning of sending lots more. Right? Okay. Amen. Two last things and then a challenge. Number one, the Holy Spirit in your life is normal. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit in your life is normal. This is not for super Christians. This is not for seminary students and pastors and worship leaders. This is the basic mode of transportation in the kingdom of God, okay? There is nothing more basic than the Holy Spirit lives in me, and he is my way to conquer sin. He is my way to know Jesus more. This is 101. Below 101, if that was possible, this is 001, okay? So don't think that the Holy Spirit is something that someday you can achieve. The Holy Spirit already lives in you if you've chosen to follow Jesus. If he has chosen you and you have chosen him, he's already there. Deal with it and be excited about it. Okay, number two is this. Actually, let me ask you this. Think for a minute, pray for a minute. Where in your life do you need the Spirit's power? Is there some area where you're like, oh, if only... If only I could, I know that he's calling me to, but what is that? Just pray right now and say, Lord, I need your power here. Lord, I need your spirit here to conquer this. 
Here's the second thing. Not only is the Holy Spirit normal, the Holy Spirit is necessary in our lives. We cannot conquer sin without him. It's just a futile effort. Sin will always conquer us because we are not strong enough to beat it. Now, what's funny is if you're strong enough to beat it, now the sin of pride comes in, the sin of self-centeredness comes in, self-reliance, right? So it's like I've just traded in my sin for another one if I'm trying to do all this on my own. The Holy Spirit is necessary so that you can live a life that's open to Him and open to Jesus and growing in Him. It's also necessary because He's given us a mission. Our mission is not to be happy. Some of you should just leave right now, right? You're like, shoot! (laughs) Our mission is not to be happy in this life. Our mission is to bring others into the family. Our mission is to bring glory to Jesus and to love him like crazy. And and loving him like crazy is wanting what he wants. You know what he wants? He wants kids. He wants to adopt people into his family who are lost and hurting. He wants to adopt orphans. Your friends are orphans. Your neighbors are orphans. Many of them don't know it. Some of them know it. Some of them are like, man, I need something. I don't know what it is. That's why they've tried all kinds of crazy stuff this last year, like hot yoga and juicing and, you know, all this stuff. They need Jesus. They need to be adopted into his family. The Holy Spirit has given us a job to reach the community and to reach the world, and we cannot do it without his power. If you try, you will fail. Notice how we're failing, right? Churches are declining. The stats of um, all kinds of stuff are the same in the church as outside the church. We're not different. Are we called to be different? Oh, yeah. Through the power of the Spirit is the only way we're going to be different and the only way we can accomplish His mission for our lives, through our lives. Amen? Anybody? Okay, good. So here's the thing. What is He calling you to accomplish? Have you had that kind of a prayer? Uh, My wife asked me a really crazy question last, I think it was maybe two weeks ago. What's the biggest thing you asked God for this week? What is the boldest prayer you prayed this week? I didn't have anything. Literally, I was like, uh, that I would, you know, be a good dad, that I would, uh, you know, get the sermon done on time. That's crazy, wimpy prayers, right? My dad calls those bunion prayers, right? Because we just pray that our feet would feel okay. That's just weird, right? If we serve this eternal, holy, all-powerful God, couldn't we ask him eternal, holy, all-powerful things? And we could say, Jesus, would you turn our community upside down? Would you show your glory here? Would you be 100 feet tall in the Canal Valley so no one could miss you and your grace and your love? So here's the question. What is it that the Holy Spirit is calling you to do where you need his power and you can't do it without? Pray that bold prayer. Pray that bold prayer and don't let it go. Don't pray it once and go, well, I did that. Do you remember the parable of the persistent widow? She kept bugging. The, the, the king, right? Bug, 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 bug. The judge. Bug the judge. We are called to continually ask. And you know what's cool? Jesus says, if you ask, I will answer. He said, I, I, look that up. Like, I've been in different passages all week, and I keep finding it. Like, literally, he said that over and over and over again. If you ask, I will do it. If you ask in my name, I will do it. We got to ask. We got to ask. Okay, here's the challenge. How many of you love the Pacific Ocean? 
I, I, I hope that, Lord, I hope you don't move us to the Midwest. There's something about putting my toes in the Pacific Ocean that just grounds me. I just feel like, ah, I'm alive again. So yesterday I went fishing with my friend Shane. We went on kayaks. I'm kind of a rookie. I'd never done that before. I love fishing, but never on a kayak. So I'm, I'm fishing just outside the surf line, and I'm having fun. I'm throwing plastics out there, you know, and um, that's a little fake fish. It's made of plastic, right? So I'm throwing it out there, and I got the right color, and I'm in the right place, and I'm all excited, and I get one of the biggest calico bass of my life. And he just puts on this big fight, and I'm all excited, and I, ooh, this is great, and couldn't be any better, and I'm reeling in, reeling in, you know, I get it on the boat, and, and it's big, right? So I'm kind of struggling with it. It's on my hand, and it's like, you know, doing this, and I'm reaching around the back trying to get the thing that I'm supposed to put it on, but it's trapped under the cooler, you know, so I'm doing this stuff, and then it bites me, and I'm like, shoot, and then I drop it, and it f- into the water. And so my face was like... So then I turn around to fix the stuff that's behind me, and I keep going. So I lose the fish, I'm swimming in the Pacific Ocean, and all my gear is sinking to the bottom. And I was like, wow, okay. So I picked up all the gear and shoved it back in there, and I yelled to Shane, I'm like, can you come babysit me? And so I put the stuff in there, and then I, I get my mask, and I pick up whatever gear I can find on the bottom, and I put the stuff in there. And then I started swimming around, and I realized this isn't so bad. Like, that was, I lost the fish, but look how beautiful this is. And Shane, that's one of the reasons why I kept going for a while. But the water was soft and warm, and I was seeing all kinds of fish down there that were laughing at me. (laughs) And then I got back up, and then we went out, and we did more fishing. We caught lots of little stuff, and, you know, not another one like that. But we did all this stuff, and then, you know, I was, I was frustrated, but I wasn't super frustrated. I was like, you know, whatever. And then I realized as I was driving home, and then last night as I was praying, I was like, you know, this fits with what we're talking about at church. Because in the kayak, I've got about this much ocean. My ankles are in the ocean, right? And, and every so often it splashes on me a little bit, and I'm like, hey, that's nice, Right? So I feel like many times our Christian life is like that. We're up in the kayak on top of the ocean. We get a little bit of the Holy Spirit, right? Just enough so we're comfortable, right? Not too wet. I can stay mostly dry except for my ankles. I'm ankle deep in the Holy Spirit, and that's just how I want it. That's great. (laughs) Now, being in the ocean is a whole different experience. When I dumped over and I was underwater for a minute, it was amazing, magical, beautiful, seeing the creation, feeling the water on all of my pores, unbelievable. That's what the Holy Spirit and this living water is supposed to be in our lives. So I feel like the Lord wants me to tell you, fall in, just fall in. Lord, tip us over because there is so much more in you than we have ever, ever, ever experienced. Amen?